we're also talking and continuing to talk a lot about social distancing and making sure that we are separating our vendors out in the space and allowing each vendor to be six feet away from the next vendor and also talking about social distancing from a customer standpoint. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Region Ahead, a podcast from SEMCOG, the Southeast Michigan Council of Governments. Summer is here, which means that the fresh local produce we anticipate throughout the long, cold winter months is now arriving with abundance. In communities throughout Southeast Michigan, there's no better place to find fresh fruits and vegetables than our local farmers markets. I'm Trevor Layton, and in this episode, we are sharing a conversation I had with Amanda Shreve. Amanda is the executive director for the Michigan Farmers Market Association, or MIFMA. We talked about the farmers market boom that swept across Michigan in recent years, as well as how MIFMA supports farmers markets statewide. Right now, markets are looking to MIFMA for guidance on how to operate safely during the COVID-19 pandemic. For instance, MIFMA recommends everyone who can wear a mask to do so at indoor and outdoor markets. Amanda also shares insights on how farmers markets can maintain some of the placemaking benefits that have helped to make them so popular while also doing what we can to keep people safe. Welcome, Amanda, and thank you for joining us today on Region Ahead. Thank you for having me. First off, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about the Michigan Farmers Market Association for those of us who aren't familiar. I would love to. The Michigan Farmers Market Association is a statewide member-based association that supports farmers markets and the farmers and vendors that sell at farmers markets. Uh, we've been around since 2006 and we um, endeavor to be a kind of one-stop shop for folks who are involved in farmers markets to come to us for training and technical assistance, professional development, policy advocacy, uh, statewide marketing of farmers markets across Michigan, just whatever we can do to support farmers markets, that's that's our mission and that's our function. So we'll be talking quite a bit about, um, you know, managing farmers markets uh, in, in 2020 and, and dealing with the ramifications of the COVID-19 pandemic. But I, I was wondering if you wanted to say anything about um, anything you've learned since 2006 and has anything changed about the way um, people use or, or manage farmers markets since then? Great question. So in Michigan, the number of farmers markets in our state grew exponentially um, up until about 2012, 2013. We went from around 90 farmers markets in 2006 to around 300 today. Um, and the population of farmers markets really exploded due to, um, um, first of all, the agricultural diversity that we have here in Michigan. We um, have this, we are the second most agriculturally diverse state in the country behind California, and that doesn't really count um, based on their size and their uh, geographic features. We also, um, in that time period, saw a lot of interest from consumers and knowing where their food was coming from and connecting directly with the producers who grew it or raised it or created it. Um, and so that was a driving force to expand uh, farmers markets. And so with that rapid period of growth, what we saw is a lot of new markets, a lot of folks um, in charge of or responsible for market implementation that were new to it. And so we just saw a tremendous amount of need um, for professional development and resources and tools uh, to help expedite um, starting new markets and supporting new markets. And so that's really what 
would, was the impetus for starting a, a statewide farmers market association was to meet that demand during that rapid period of growth. Um, and we've certainly seen over the last decade or last 15 years, um, an evolution of the local food system in general. Um, and we place, of course, appropriately for MIFMA, we place farmers markets at the forefront of the local food movement. But we've also seen, um, you know, increased popularity in community supported agriculture shares or CSAs. We've seen um, storefronts pop up that are a place for um, local farmers to market their products um, kind of 24 seven instead of maybe just one or two days a week through a farmer's market. Um, Michigan also boasts a huge number of on-farm markets or farm stands. So we've certainly seen an evolution of the local food movement or the regional food system um, and farmer's markets be a, be a part of that evolution. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense just based on my uh, relatively uninformed experience um, just in the past several years. I think um, the, the expectations around uh, what a community offers have, have been evolving. And I think farmer's markets are a part of that. It, I recall when it was kind of a, a unique thing and, and this, oh, this community actually has a farmer's market maybe, you know, on, on Saturdays, but now um, it's almost an expectation that every community will be offering some type of farmer's market or even, you know, uh, on the neighborhood level and, you know, sometimes more than once a week. So uh, the growth, as you mentioned, really has been something to see. That really um, resonates with my experience as well. And in the past couple of years in particular, that's why MIFMA has really shifted from having the number of farmers markets in Michigan be a primary um, indicator of success to more of a sustainability focus. And as more and more communities have added farmers markets, um, you know, the question of saturation has come up and how many markets can consumers support and how many markets can local producers support. We certainly have not grown the number of local producers at the same rate that we've grown the number of farmers markets in Michigan. Um, so that is um, a concern as well. Um, and so that's why really from a MIFMA standpoint in the last several years in particular, we've really focused on more of a sustainability approach and how can we support existing markets and help them thrive um, some communities have added markets in that time and others have closed. And so there still is that fluctuation in the overall total number of markets, but we're really focused on um, long-term sustainability um, and um, helping existing markets thrive. Okay. Well, I guess it's a good thing that you all were thinking along those lines when uh, 2020 happened and uh, a huge monkey wrench was, was thrown into everybody's plans. Um, you know, I, I think um, probably a lot of people already understand, but it, it probably bears mentioning that um, because farmers markets are providing food, they have been at, at every point along uh, the COVID-19 pandemic um, been considered a, an essential service, if I have that right. Yes, here in Michigan, our, um, our government was quick to recognize that farmers markets are part of essential food retail not special events, but as part of the essential food retail in communities, particularly communities with um, low access to traditional grocery stores, um, farmers markets are, are extremely important in those communities. So we're very, benef we're very happy um, and pleased that the state recognized that early on and has um, allowed farmers markets to continue to operate and serve that function. Okay, and and so what have you what have you seen and and heard from from markets around around the state and and perhaps particularly in Southeast Michigan um, when it comes to keeping markets open, but obviously under very different circumstances? Uh, what are what are some of the things that that markets have done to continue operating? 
Well, certainly the safety of our vendors and patrons has been at the forth, uh, forefront of the, the questions and thought process of each individual market manager, but also um, from our standpoint as a statewide association. So back on March 27th was the first issuance of guidelines for farmers markets that, uh, that we issued to help farmers markets think through how to safely operate and what kinds of modifications and adaptations would um, allow them to mitigate risk in their community um, from folks attending and participating in the farmers market. And we have continually over the last three months updated those guidelines as new information and new executive orders became available. Um, and certainly want to direct folks to our website at mifma.org to access resources as um, they might be involved in facilitating farmers markets and are looking for those resources. So um, modifications and adaptations have been really the name of the game in, two, in 2020. I think it's I think it's really important for uh, anyone who's trying to to manage a market to know that those resources and and that guidance is available. Are there any um, particular um, strategies or or measures that that you wanted to mention that that you think are really applicable across the board for for all markets to to be implementing right now? Absolutely. So right now today um, in in early June we're talking about um, a couple of main strategies. First of all, being um, limiting or having sick people or potentially exposed people not attend farmers markets. So we're talking about daily self-reported health screenings for market employees um, and staff. Um, so if folks are sick or if they're caring for someone who's sick that they're not attending the market. Um, we're also talking and continuing to talk a lot about social distancing and making sure that we are um, separating our vendors out in the space and allowing each vendor to be six feet away from the next vendor, and also talking about social distancing from a customer standpoint. So how can we ensure that um, the number of the people in the market at one time is at a safe level so that each person can maintain that social distance? We're talking through things like traffic flow within the market, um, spaced out lines with um, indicators on the ground as far as how far you should stay um, away from the next person in line. Um, so social distancing has and continues to be um, emphasized in market setups. Um, also talking about uh, frequent um, sanitation of highly touched surfaces and access to hand washing is huge. Um, so not just in a restroom um, setting, if a restroom is available at the market, but having hand washing stations available and accessible within the market setting, both for vendors and for consumers um, to, to be able to safely and frequently access those. Um, and um, from there, we're talking about creativity. How can we set up markets in a way that um, minimizes the ability for customers to touch products, but still be able to see what's available and communicate to the vendor and have the vendor help them um, facilitate their sale, what they would like to purchase, and then the actual currency transaction, thinking through how to minimize um, using cash or having cash um, exchange hands and, and be touched multiple times between customers and vendors. Um, so really thinking through each different aspect of the farmer's market experience and how we can um, maximize social distancing and the recommendations from the CDC and our state um, to build the safest market possible. Yeah, I, th I think you 
touching on on a really important point here, which is that we're you know as as Michigan is is beginning to reopen now um, across across the state, um, we are eager to do a lot of the things that um, we enjoy, uh, particularly over the summer and, and being able to get outside. And we're we're kind of grappling with the doing a, a lot of the things, I won't say all the things, but doing a lot of the things that we would normally do, but doing them a little bit differently. You know, just for instance, you and I are recording this podcast remotely, as opposed to, you know, meeting in the office and getting to sit across the table from one another. Um, are there any particular examples uh, of the, the farmer's market experience, um, you know, planning for it, whether it's uh, on, the, on the management level or, or even just on the, the shopping level of, of how that experience is, is different, but still available? Great question. So over the last decade, we've seen farmers markets really evolve um, in their placemaking efforts and in the atmosphere that they create for shoppers and vendors and communities alike. So we've seen markets add features like music and cooking demonstrations and programs for youth and food access programs, um, helping low-income shoppers maximize their shopping power. Um, So all of these different features and functions of a farmer's market have been a a primary focus for market managers over the last decade. And we've really built farmers markets into the the placemaking asset that they are in a community. And that is definitely going to be a different experience this year. Um, In the last couple of months, we've really been talking about eliminating those non-essential areas and really focusing on the transactional nature of essential food retail. Um, As the state opens up, we're talking about adding some of those features and functions back in a moderated way with additional safety precautions. We're talking about things like distancing um, the the transactional farmer's market from the celebratory atmosphere. For example, music is one thing that market managers are eager to bring back to their farmer's market in their atmosphere. Um, And music is fantastic, but it also encourages folks to stop and listen and stay in a group setting longer. Um, and as our state opens up and special events and, and group gatherings um, can, can grow in size, one thought is to uh, do some distancing where maybe the music isn't in the market setting, but it's adjacent to the market setting so that we can continue to social distance and we can separate the, the transactional nature of the farmer's market from a space where it is more, it is safer or we can um, do a better job of distancing ourselves from other music listeners while the market is still happening near us. So that's one example of how we're, we're uh, market managers and, and the Farmers Market Association are trying to think through how we can add back some of those atmospheric and community-based functions, but in a way that might be a little different from the experience we've had in the past. I think that's a great example. I'm really glad that you mentioned the the placemaking component of, of farmers markets because I think for for a lot of people supporting you know their their local farmers or or getting to to be able to buy all those different types of fresh produce that you can find in Michigan is is a, a big motivating factor. But um, especially when you talked about the growth and expansion of of markets across the state in recent years, I, I, I would suppose that that's probably due in large fact to the placemaking efforts that that markets have made and, and that having that be such a, a great part of the experience. So it's really exciting to hear that that some of those things will be able to come back online here as, as we move deeper into the season. I'd like to to backtrack a little bit to something else you mentioned that, that I think could be um, providing some complications for folks, which are the efforts being made to 
provide food access, especially for people who, who may be more food insecure and are on more limited budgets for being able to purchase food. And so not everyone may be familiar with, with how some of those programs work. I think there's a likelihood that some new people who maybe have not experienced them before 2020 have had to access those resources due to the, the COVID-19 pandemic and the economic impacts of it. And I was wondering if, if you could talk about that at all. I would love to talk about that because it's really important. Um, it's part of our, our mission and our vision as a statewide farmers market association. And Michigan has become a national leader in the number of farmers markets that accept SNAP or the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program because it has been such a goal of our association to expand um, acceptance of food, uh, food assistance benefits at Michigan markets. Um, so in the past, using your bridge card at a farmers market, um, for most markets in Michigan, not all, but for most, that meant that you brought your bridge card to a centralized location within the market. You told the market manager or the staff or volunteer that was working the booth how much you'd like to spend at the market that day. And you received either tokens or paper script to represent your SNAP dollars. And then a lot of markets in Michigan also participate in the Double Up Food Bucks program. So you would receive an um, a matching amount of Double Up Food Bucks tokens, up to $20 per market day, to spend on additional fresh fruits and vegetables. So if you were spending $10 from your bridge card, you'd actually have $20 in buying power for your trip to the market that day. And then you'd go throughout the market and spend your tokens or script with each individual vendor. Um, that's how um, it, it's been working in Michigan in a lot of markets for a number of years. Um, and we're seeing certain, um, certainly modifications to that process. Certainly, we're also seeing particular SNAP users have more money on their bridge card to spend right now uh, with additional investments in uh, food security from the national level in response to this pandemic. And we're also seeing new SNAP users, folks who were not accessing food assistance before who now need it or who have received the pandemic EBT which is a, a new program created in response to COVID to help offset for families that were receiving free or reduced lunches at school for their children. They're now receiving this pandemic EBT to purchase food at SNAP retailers in order to be able to feed those children at home. And those dollars can be spent at farmers markets that accept SNAP. So we're seeing some modifications to the process, but we're also seeing a lot of new SNAP customers. So a couple of modifications that I would touch on, first and foremost, markets that are using SNAP tokens um, and Double Up Food Bucks tokens are um, being advised on how to sanitize those in between uses um, as they are a, a frequently touched surface. You should be greeted by a staff person or a volunteer who's wearing a mask to help um, reinforce that mitigation measure. If you've ordered online or um, in advance, as far as a curbside pickup method, you wouldn't have paid online with your SNAP card, but you might be bringing your SNAP card to the market and paying for directly for your purchase there. And also we've seen a removal of the cap for the Double Up Food Bucks program. So Fair Food Network has allowed the program to eliminate that $20 per day maximum match. And so as much as you spend on your bridge card can be matched with Double Up Food Bucks right now. Um, just another way for those families to get as much food as, as they need right now and to really expand their buying power for Michigan-grown fruits and vegetables, which will not only help families, but help farmers. You mentioned the, the specific complications for folks who are participating in 
in these food access programs when it comes to online ordering or curbside pickup. I, I think for probably a lot of people, you know, when we think about the relatively recent ubiquity of, of online ordering, we, we don't necessarily think of it in terms of farmers markets, but that's something that became, you know, I think particularly important this year as, you know, as a way to keep the markets functioning. For anyone who may be listening who um, is involved with running a market and, and perhaps this is their first year integrating an online component, is there any guidance that, that um, MIFMA or, or you'd like to, to offer on that? Absolutely. This year created a lot of interest in online ordering and curbside pickup models. Um, and the good news is that there are a number of tools out there that can help farmers markets. Um, you don't have to create the tool yourself. You can um, pick and choose from a number that are out there. In particular, we um, have a great partnership with um, a group in Michigan called Taste of the Local Difference, and they've partnered with one of the tools that are available and are providing technical assistance to farmers and markets that want to get up and running with that tool as quickly as possible. So that's a direction in which I would point folks to. But there are a number of, of um, tools out there to be used. And so take a look at the different options and pick and choose the one that's best for your market. We are seeing a, a number of markets use them in the state, in particular in Southeast Michigan. Um, Eastern Market has started a drive through market on Tuesdays, and that's been working well for them. Also know that Pittsfield Township has experimented with online ordering and pickup. So there are some examples in your neck of the woods as, as well as other markets in Michigan that have jumped on board. Um, they can be expensive for the market and for the vendors. And so I would also encourage folks to think about, um, you know, if the market's an important component of how you access fresh food and and um, you want that to be available for your community at large, there are ways that you can support farmers markets and to think about that as well. Okay, great. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention today that we haven't gotten to yet? One thing that we're really stressing is, is proactive communications. So making sure that the market itself is communicating both with their vendors, but also with consumers about what measures they're taking to modify the market and, and protect vendor and patron safety. But also before a customer arrives, how can they reach out through your website or your social media or your newsletters and learn what the experience might be like and prepare themselves to come to the market and shop in the new format. So Definitely encouraging um, proactive and thoughtful communications to the market audiences at this time. Okay, great. Well, thank you again, Amanda, so much for, for sharing your time and, and expertise on this topic. Uh, really appreciate you being with us. Thank you for inviting me. This has been SEMCOG's Region Ahead. Thank you for joining us as we consider the important issues that affect Southeast Michigan. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You can learn more about SEMCOG's regional planning work, as well as what we are doing to support local governments during the COVID-19 pandemic at SEMCOG.org. If you're interested in learning more about the Michigan Farmers Markets Association, or MIFMA, visit their website at mifma.org. Thanks again to Amanda Sharif for joining us, and check back in our feed soon for a conversation I had with Dan Carmody of Detroit's Eastern Market. Be safe, be well.